This is Kyle Chisholm. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is Heather Kiefer, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. called rival sons you guys don't know these guys you gotta check them out rival sons songs called good things great great band uh yeah so this is moto x pod moto x pod show episode 132 of course i'm dark side dj tj is at loretta lens with most of the moto world it seems so uh yeah just a another uh, probably a little quick show no co-hosts uh we've got tyler internap vernon mckitty who Runs VMAC Tracks. He's a track builder here in East Texas, the Houston area, um, former pro rider. And, of course, Carson Tickle, one of our privateers that's out on the series, brother to Brock Tickle. Really cool kid. He's going to come on for a little bit, talk about what he's got going on. Uh, we just finished up Washougal. Fantastic racing, amazing racing uh, as far as at least what was on TV. Uh, you know, We heard some of the guys say that if they were there, maybe the back, back racing the race in the back wasn't as exciting as what we saw on tv but you cannot beat that battle between adam c and cirillo and dylan ferrandis or the charge that eli was putting on coming from way back and just crushing i mean holy shit what a weekend fun to watch fun to watch uh hope you guys enjoyed it also um I don't know how many of you guys are at Lura Lens. i'm kind of glad i'm not but part of me at the same time wishes i was there uh, so good luck to all our f- listeners who are part of Loretta Lens, whether it's uh, Eli Tesliff or Doc Smith or our buddies Ryder D, you know Jet Reynolds, all those kids. It's gonna be it's cool. I'm gonna have to check it out on the website. So uh, no no race this upcoming weekend. Nothing to get too excited about. No no fantasy motocross is gonna break our hearts as it did for me in Moto One, where I think I had like. 50 points. I don't even remember. It was awful. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, not a lot to talk about. Let's do our sponsor reads. Of course, Torque One Racing is our title sponsor, and they are providing high-quality, economical performance parts. So check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny at Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Shock socks for your leaky fork seals. If you don't want to deal with those, you got to get some shock socks. MX Girl Designs for your graphics needs. All Sport Dynamics. Wrist uh, wrist braces. I wear them. Weston Pike wears them. Bunch of NFL players, pro riders, Major League Baseball players ride them. Motocrosswristbrace.com. Blood lubricants. Three lines of oils, including uh, PolyClean, Chain Lube, and Degreaser. Fly Racing for the best gear on the planet. 2020 stuff is out. Power band racing for your WP suspension needs. Works Wiz and Mods. 
Cerakoting, engine work, suspension work. If it's not WP, hit up hoop2814 at gmail.com. Extreme colors. If you want a custom painted lid and only want to pay $295 for something that's one of a kind and beautiful. And of course, Kyle Tucker with uh, Remax Fine Properties. He is our realtor. He can help you out anywhere in the country if you're looking for some real estate needs. Uh, hit him up at Tucker underscore real estate. We are get doing a giveaway for a signed and worn Mike Craig jersey. Check out the Moto Xpod Show Facebook page if you want to look into that. But that is coming from Kyle Tucker. He's got the hookup with it. Uh, all the details are on our Facebook page. I mentioned it on our Instagram page. You can check it out. Please go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. You can support the show by donating you know, a little bit of money every month, and it goes right to the show. We're about to buy some new equipment to make this thing hopefully sound a little better, make the phone calls sound better, uh, and honestly, it'll actually help with the wrap-up show, the pulp wrap-up show I do. Hopefully, you guys listen to that and support that. But yeah, patreon.com, it means a lot to us that you guys help us out. It helps get us to the races. Our YouTube channel for any vlogs. I think TJ's going to be doing some stuff at Loretta Lens this week, although I'm sure you guys don't want to watch that. You know, TJ's an idiot. And, of course, the MotoXPodShow.com, the website, all kinds of links to all our sponsors there, pictures. i got to post some stuff from Millville. Still a little behind on all that. Uh, yeah, so we're going to just drop into our first little break, do a commercials, and we'll be back with uh, – we're going to do Tyler Internet first. Then we've got Carson Tickle, then Vernon McKitty, and we're going to have a great show. Thanks for listening. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven two Trey, I wear Fly you wear Fly Two. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. Blood Lubricant Signature Products, Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series were all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, BloodLubricants.com has what you need. Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown blood lubricant oils to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try, and you won't be disappointed. Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. Our next guest is brought to you by MX Girl Designs. If you're looking to make your modern bike pop or freshen up your vintage bike, Charlene at MX Girl Designs can fix you up. 
Shar does fantastic custom work at a great price. So contact Shar at mxgirl.com for info. On the line with me is Mr. Carson Tickle, number 596. What's up, Carson? Uh, not much. Just bike ride. Just another day. Yeah. So um, I got to meet you finally at WW Ranch. Of course, I've been following you on Instagram for a long time. Um, that national was nasty. Uh, talk about that day a little bit. Cause I saw on your Instagram that you said that was one of the hardest ones you've ever rode. Yeah. I've been doing them for like four years now. And I, I don't think I've ever seen like that one. I don't know whether it's just my lack of riding this year or what, but it definitely felt like the toughest one I've ever done. And I know like looking around at the pits and stuff and hearing other people struggling as well. I mean, I think the heat and the humidity were just was just over the top, and the track was pretty gnarly too. So, it yeah, was, it was definitely a tough one. Yeah, I've said on here that that was my first time to Florida, and I'm from East Texas where it's humid, but that was like different, different worldly humid for me anyway. You guys were dying, but um, all in all, though, I mean, how how do you feel about your performance? Um, other than you kind of you know getting overheated, what what do you think about your ride that day? Um, I felt good with my, like, yeah, I felt good in the track and everything is going smoothly. On the first moto, I was, got a terrible start as well. I started almost close to dead last and I made my way up to like 25th, I think, and was moving forward and then halfway through I fell and, uh, I heard my wrist jammed it a little bit, so I just got everything regrouped for the second one and then that one, again, I made my way up to like 24th, I think, and then... I literally, I just overheated. I think it was pretty close to just passing out, and I was like, uh, not safe for me to be out of here. So I, I called it on that one. But I mean, overall, like it was going well. So yeah, you weren't. You certainly weren't the only one having those kind of issues. Uh, it, it was brutal, like we said. Um, so it looks like you've done just a couple this year. You did High Point. Uh, have you done any others that I was unaware of? Uh, I've only done High Point and then WW, okay. and then I actually went to to Silver Dunes in Canada and did a round up there. How'd that go uh, for you? Which, that went, again, pretty well. Uh, my speed was good, but again, like, my lack of riding time has definitely hurt me. It was, in t- in the, I think, I think that track is almost worse than South Lake Harbor. <laughs> I've uh, heard that. Yeah. So... Another tough round to just go into, like, not riding as well, you know what I mean, and trying to expect to not get tired, but it ended up going pretty good, so not too bad. Yeah. Hey, Carson, your phone's going in and out. Uh, I don't know. Is there a spot you can get maybe with a better signal? Yeah, let me try. It's always weird inside my house. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that better? Uh, Right now, it seems okay, yeah. Okay. Um. So you you've mentioned your lack of riding time lately. What what do you? I mean, you're you're a true privateer, you know, doing it on your own out of a van, basically. Um, what do you do, you know, on normal day to day basis? So right now I'm, I have a full time job Monday through Friday, um, and then through the summer I have done. So from the fall to the spring, I'm a college student too, full time. So. Yeah, it's not it's not easy to get in drying time, especially where I live the closest. Ah, right, we were having a little bit of a little bit of a signal issue, but I think we may have it fixed, Carson. So you were saying that you're working full time, obviously, and you said the track, the closest track, is a ways away. 
Yeah, it's probably an hour and a half. So trying to figure out oh, how to get to get uh, some ride time during the week is a struggle. Yeah. Um, obviously. So right now I'm just trying to trying to obviously do my road bike rides and then still go to the gym and do do stuff like that. But obviously you still you still miss the ride time, and I think that that's what like the last ten minutes of the moto you need that extra day or two of riding during the week to really get you to be strong towards the end of the race yeah yeah definitely like i'm an older guy as you saw when you met me and i just do little vet races here and there and and yeah when you don't ride uh when you don't ride very often it definitely takes effect pretty quick um so it's got to be a struggle and then to try to go out to a national at the highest level and compete it's extremely impressive that you you know you made the high point and you made ww with through practice as from what you're Twitter said that's or your Instagram said that's that's really badass. So I mean, um, what's it mean to you when you go out and still you know with working full time and not getting to ride a lot, but you can still make the forty man show? Yeah, that's what it's all about. Because honestly, going to a race and not qualifying is the worst feeling ever for me. <laughs> um, but I, in the years past, it's it's cool because this year I'm uh, I'm obviously doing all of this, but previous year or two I've only done racing so to be able to balance a little bit of everything and still make the the races is cool and I, it takes a lot of pressure on off of me and yeah what makes what, it more fun what's your long-term goals what are you going to school for or what do you work what are you working uh, i'm sorry not going to school for what are you doing full-time like what are your long are you are you looking toward building a career outside of moto or i mean would you like to continue racing i mean what, what's your plans I mean, right now I'm in school for um, information technology, and right now my full-time work is uh, information security. Okay. Mission. So I'm, I like that stuff, and I, I'm good at it, so I, and it's pretty decent money, and honestly, everything I found inside the sport of motocross is either you make a lot of money or you make a little money. So, yes. Um, yeah, I think having a career outside of racing will keep it fun for me and I'll never get away from motocross. It's definitely, it's in my blood and all my family loves to do it. So I I don't think it'll ever go away like that part of it. But I think having a a career outside is, is good for me. At least it provides a balance. Yeah, that's fantastic. You sound like you're, you're a smart kid. Um, and yeah, you mentioned your family. Yeah, your brother will be back. It sounds like in February. I think the whole motocross community is happy to finally have that happen. And I can't imagine the weight lifted off his shoulders. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean it's been a tough couple. I mean now it's almost two, um, almost a year and a half. I think. So, yeah. Like it's definitely been tough for him, but he's definitely seen the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but yeah, that whole situation and now with the Christian Craig thing, it's just kind of, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. But, yeah. There, uh, I don't think there's a good answer a lot. You know, all of us media talk about it and, you know, it'd be nice if we could just get rid of the FIM, do some, uh, you know, outsourcing for the, the testing, you know, in, in America, but I guess there's a contract and I'm sure there would be lawsuits it's it's all way above our pay grade but it definitely sucks for the riders that have been hurt by it yeah it, it just doesn't fit our sport like the, right. the amount of time it took christian craig to hear back and the amount of time it took brock or kate or james even james stewart the, the fastest man on the planet the guy that 
like everybody looks up to. You know what I mean? Like he even, I mean they even, I, they ruined his career. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's 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 not even the bottom of the barrel people, um, and it just takes too long. I think that's the whole part that rubs most of the people the wrong way is just how long everything takes for them to get an answer or even to notify people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then just, uh, the, the, it sounds like just from hearing your brother's story a little bit, some of the other guys, like when you do your lawyer does contact them, then they have to contact somebody else. There's so many channels. It sounds very disorganized, but that's, we don't don't need to focus on that too much. (laughs) Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about you. Um, do you remember the first time you ever threw a leg over a motorcycle? I do. Um, I, was, I was four years old. My dad had just got me a PW50. And uh, I don't know if you remember Ian Treadle, but he lived uh, about 45 minutes away. Okay. And he, had a, he had a track at his house, and he had a field. And my, all my, my, I had two older brothers out there. I had Ian Treadle, I had Austin Trubo, I don't know if you remember him. Oh, yeah. Uh, Taylor Futro. I had all those people around me on the first day I was riding. And, uh, man, I was riding fine throughout the day, and then I started riding in front of all of them, and I looked back for, like, I don't know, 10 seconds or so, and I hit a tree with the PW, and it, it... Blew the forks all the way back. My dad was so upset. I was upset. Like, I, at that point, I didn't even want to ride. Like, <laughs> I didn't ride. I didn't have a bike until, I don't think, seven years old after that. Oh, wow. I, it, yeah, it was a traumatic experience for me. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> It's uh, it's funny that you ended up, you know, you came back to it and turned out to have so much talent. That's, uh, that's a pretty, you know, a lot of us have those stories. You jump on a motorcycle the first time and whiskey throttle you don't know what you're doing or whatever yeah, yeah but yeah you know the the fact that you were off again for that many years and came back that's that's pretty cool that's a that's a good story um so at that point like when you come back at seven years old you get another bike are, are your brothers riding at that point or is nobody riding no so my my older two brothers were really into it like they were they were going to every amateur national at the time like oh, okay. the Mosier valley loretta's um, and they were super serious. Obviously, Brock uh, was really good, but not a lot of people know, but my middle brother was actually winning, like, uh, nationals at that time, too, and he was he was fast, too, and honestly, I was the slow one of the group, and when I started back, I was terrible, like, honestly, like, terrible, and uh, I think that threw me off because my brothers were so good that, like, for me to go out there and just, like, put around and get last place at the local race like it i didn't really get serious about racing probably until i don't know 14 or 15 when i got onto a honda 150 but uh yeah things started to change quickly whenever i got on big bikes did you have that love for it though like the the first time when you were on that pw50 did you like just love it but then it scared you or or did it take till you got a little older before you really found the passion yeah, exactly. It took a while for me to okay. get that, 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 that fire. But once I started doing well, and I think that's what um, motivated me to ride more, was once I started doing well and stuff like that, I really found a passion for it. That's cool. And, uh, yeah, from there, it was like, that's all I ever wanted to do. So, 
uh, tell me one thing that you learned from your brother Brock that maybe helped you technique wise or, you know, maybe not even just mentally something that has stuck with you about the sport that helps you when you go out and ride. Honestly, the, the thing that I try to implement that like I struggled with early was just focusing on myself and being the best that I can be. Mm-hmm. Because if you start worrying about what what everybody else is doing, like what everybody else has, then you start to question that you'll never get there because of other re- other reasons other than yourself. So like focusing on yourself and being the best that you can um, really helped me through some of the, the practices and stuff like that because I was just I was focused on too much stuff and not on myself, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. All right. So I think that that's the thing that mainly stuck with me. He's really good at um the mental side of it and he's always been like someone I could call to help me do that stuff because he's super super mentally strong. So um yeah, that, that's a good asset to have in your corner. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Carson, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on for a few minutes and talking to us. Uh, do you have any plans on trying to make any of the last few nationals, or is that just too much of a trip? No, I, I'll, I'll do the first trip in Ironman, so the last two. Cool. So, well, uh, um, I won't be at either of those, but I will definitely be watching uh, timing and scoring and hoping to see you get in and, uh, you know, maybe, hell, maybe you get up there and get some points, get that top 20. Yeah, that's the goal always whenever you make them. Yeah. Well, again, I appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us and giving us a chance to get to know you just a little bit. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely, Carson. Good luck, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, bud. All right. Have a good night. All right, you too. Bye. Bye. All right, that's Carson Tickle, uh, brother of Brock Tickle, but Carson's a fast kid, man. He, uh, Like I said, I got to spend just a few minutes with him at WW Ranch. He won the $100 from privateerlife.mx that Garrett Slagle does. Uh, So that's how I got to meet him. I took took him some money, and uh, he was pretty stoked. And just, yeah, great kid, great family. So a pleasure to talk to him. All right, we will take a commercial break and be right back. Hey, Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Dark side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. What's up, Moto X-Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. 
They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam C. and Cirello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, all sports dynamic braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis, and they're a WP authorized service center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. Many bikes to big bikes, they cover them all. Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram. On the line with me, brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level performance and protection for all types of racing. Blood Lubricants has three series of oils to fit your needs, as well as chain lube, degreaser, polyclean, and more. Whether you ride moto, race dirt track, or anything else, visit bloodlubricants.com for your oil needs. On the line with me today is Mr. Vernon McKitty with VMAC Tracks. What's up, Vernon? No, not much, man. I'm up here uh, at Loretta Lynn. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah, you know, it seems like everybody that I tried to get on the show today is at Loretta Lynn. So, yeah, the whole moto community is there. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually down the road right now because uh, there is no phone service there at all for me. Yeah, that's what Will Hahn told me, and let's see, who else did I try? I, I reached out to about five or six different guys, and they're all, man, we're at Loretta's, no no signal. So I appreciate you going the extra mile to uh, make this thing happen. Um, won't keep you too long. So you are a former pro racer. We've had you on the line uh, before, but you, you've been building tracks now for how many years? Uh, well, I've been building for about 15 to 20 years now. Uh, I, I work for a couple of different co- companies when I was younger, you know, just kind of learning while I was still racing. And then when I, when I was, you know, got farther into my career and I, I needed a way to make money, I started, you know, doing track preps and, and using that to pay for me to be in California and, and pay for myself to race and all that. And then it just turned into my own deal and I just got better and better with it. And, you know, VMAC tracks is, started probably in about 2010 okay and uh, and and now it's really starting to grow when i retired from racing in 2012 and then uh and then i you know then i went full-time with that and i was running a motocross track also at the same time but now i'm just doing vmat track and uh traveling around doing that and let my son race too yeah, I, I remember seeing on, you know, like your Facebook page, you'd be building some private tracks here and there, and it just seemed like it, you, know, like it, you were always busy. Um, I, how, does, how, does, you, how do you get the trust of somebody the very first time to, like, jump on a dozer, or, or do you just kind of do it on your own? How did that work the first time? Uh, well, so there's a place by my house. It's a Slindor Motocross Park, uh, and I uh, 
I, I would do some prep work for those guys and, and some track changes, you know. I, they, he actually, so the first time I went there, he's like, hey, get on the dozer, go in the back, and start messing around. So okay. I did that, and I built some a super sketchy track, you know, but I thought <laughs> it was awesome back then. And then just kind of progressed from there. There's a Amel a Chabelle, and he owns Three Palms, which is a yep. track in Houston. And uh, I worked for him for a while, and he really taught me a whole lot, you know, and uh, with, with cleaning up things and how to build certain things because there's, there's different ways on how to make things, you know. So uh, use that skill and my racing skill and then ride my tracks and then just, you know, develop them better and better. And, you know, it, it helps you when you can ride your tracks and you're building them, you, you get to kind of develop a good skill and sense of what it feels like on the dozer. And you know what it's going to feel like on the bike, too, after you build it, you know? Yeah. Have you ever gone out and just built something just for you for, like, a day and then had to tear it down? Not, not Obviously <laughs> not just a day but because it takes so long, but, you know, a weekend or? Um, I don't really, especially now, I don't ever barely get to ride. But uh, I, I ride the tracks, you know. I try to ride them a little bit, but not too often i did back then i would i would do it all the time and yeah. that's why that's how i learned you know and uh and then just working with other builders you know there's there's a lot of good builders out there you know everyone's styles a little bit different and uh you know just kind of developing from them and, and just when when building a track how do you decide like the line of too difficult or you know if you're if you're going to build a track for somebody that's going to use like a public place you're going to have peewees out there probably. You're going to have vets out there. You're going to have late women out there. You're going to have A-riders right. out there. Kind of where do you find that line? Uh, is it – do you make that decision? Does the track owner make that decision? Well, you know, every customer is different. But but so because I do so many tracks now, and, and over time I've developed a sense of every rider, plus I've ran tracks, you know, and, and doing prep and all that. And all that goes into how you build and – because you want to make it easier on that customer for, for every cent and it's safe as possible because this sport is dangerous, obviously. Yeah. So uh, for, for a public track, we try to make the jumps as forgiving as we can, but, you know, when we do big jumps, we, we make it to where we have a landing for the slower guys to where they can learn, and then from that, that first landing to the next one, we make it to where, you know, it's as least consequence as we can for them to go bigger, you know? And uh, so, so we kind of do that, and then it depends on really what what we're building it for, whether it's a race, a big race, or you know what their uh, customer base is. After, yeah. Really. You know, and that's why I really enjoy doing a lot of private tracks too, because uh, I just get feedback from the riders when I get there and kind of what they need to work on, and then we build it, you know, and then you know we may come back in a six months or a year and and make it more aggressive, you know, as they progress with their riding. But uh, <clears throat> I've done like like. For instance, there's a kid in Houston, uh, Challenge Tennis. Yep. He's a pro rider now. I've done his track since he was on 65. Well, so I've progressed the tracks with him and, and his needs for, for getting better, you know, as we've gone through the years. And uh, it's just really cool for me, you know, to, to be a part of a program like that and see our work help these guys get better, you know? Yeah, yeah. And what is, like, obstacle-wise, I'm, I'm just kind of interested in all this, is, What's the most yeah. difficult thing to build? Like in my eyes, a set of whoops would probably be the most difficult to get them, you know, uniform yeah. and and same height, all that stuff. But it, what what's the most challenging thing for you on a track? Um, so on a supercross track, that's supercross whoops and 
and, and like a dragon back is probably the, the most tough, you know, like, uh, or most precise yeah. thing that you yeah. got to build, you know, and, and depending on how you make it, you know, when you, when the guys get faster and you're really trying to work them, you, you really got to think on how you play things. And, and I think, man, a lot of the corners are, or a lot of thought being put into it because you want to, you, you know, you throw in little options every once in a while to try to separate lines and, and to make it where it's not one lined. And, and that's where it gets tough because the, the, the riders are so good now days that they just straighten out everything. Right. So we try right. to make it to where, okay, it's going to push them wide here, you know? And so it, it's a lot of thinking. I think that's where I feel like I'm pretty good at it with, with my racing background and all that. And, uh, I enjoy all that for sure. Yeah, it seems like you do. And I enjoy following the process on your social media pages because it's it's pretty cool. I've, you know, I've I've messed around on a bulldozer at work or whatever, and tried to you know when I'm moving dirt, just like oh, I'm just going to make this look like a jump, even though I can't ride on it. And just it's it's not easy, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's an art form. For sure, for sure. And and you know, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like even like when I was a good rider and I got to be okay on a dozer you know or equipment it was it was still hard to place things but over time of riding it and and developing you know doing track you you start to know what it's going to feel like on the bike when you're yeah. on the dozer. you know what i mean that so, makes sense. and that's really important so yeah. you're based out of the houston area what where's the farthest distance you've gone to build a track for somebody um we, I mean, we'll go anywhere, you know, and we'll go any side of track, you know, we're willing to talk to anyone, uh, any kind of customer, but we, we, uh, we just did a track in Oklahoma for, uh, Jandabar DMX and they had a, man, it was crazy. So this was only a few weeks ago. We, uh, built the track and it took us seven days, a full national track. Oh, wow. And they, with, within the date we built it, they had only three weeks in order to get power out there, starting gate up everything and they made it happen and then i was there for the race and i prepped for the race and everything went good we had over 400 entries i think and, and uh it went good and, and everyone was really pumped on the track and so that went good and uh i've had some more calls from some, some people in oklahoma that i'm gonna do and actually i uh i just built the track on the way here to loretta's and i finished saturday which is two days ago yeah and uh and in uh arkansas so. okay that was uh that was pretty cool. But I've been going all over, you know, a little bit. I, I have gone to South America a few times. I went to Colombia, uh, Guatemala a few times. You know, so I'm willing to go wherever and uh, we'll just keep on growing, you know. Yeah, that's well before we I I got a couple more questions for you, but where can people contact you if they wanna to talk to you about building the track? Is it just your Instagram? Yeah, so we have an Instagram, you know, and Facebook page. It's VMAC Tracks, which is burning you know, my name's Vernon McKitty, uh, and so they called me VMAC when I was raising, yeah. and that just ruined the dot. But VMAC Track, and uh, I also have a website, it's VMACTracks.com. And uh, just, you know, it, a lot of it is word of mouth. You sure. Know, I, I try to do the best I can and take care of the customers and then uh, just move on and, and, you know, stay with them. Right. Now you mentioned you mentioned being at Loretta's, like so. That's the big thing going on this week. Are you there with your son, or do you have some riders that you train, or both? Uh, I, I have a lot of riders here that that I do tracks for, and that I've helped. You know, there are some riders here that I've helped actually with training. I don't do much of that anymore, but uh, my son's here raising uh, in the forty-six class, and 
hoping he'll do pretty good. You know, yeah. we, uh, we had yesterday, and he was like this fast as in his practice, so it wasn't nice. too bad. How so, cool is yeah. that? How cool is that yeah. that you know you? I, I remember watching you race at the Freestone National, being a you know you're a fast Texas rider, and now you get to watch your kid go to Loretta's and do that. I mean, would you have thought that yeah. 20 years ago? Man, it's just a dream for me. You know, I I didn't uh, I didn't get to start racing dirt bikes till I was 12 years old. You know, and then uh, I ended up turning pro when I was I think 19 or 20. And then race till I was like 28. I, I raced pro for nine years, and I didn't do you know what we we all want to be champions, but right. not everybody can be champion for sure. And uh, so this is all just a blessing, you know, and and just just excited, you know, to have my son racing and stuff. And here at Viet Red, it's like you said, no, no, I never could have dreamed of it. So. That's really cool, man. Well, well, Vernon, I don't want to take too much of your time. You're there at Loretta's, and uh, I appreciate you coming on, talking about the tracks. Uh, I hope that, you know, we get the word out for VMAC tracks, and man, maybe, you know, you just keep staying busy. There's, you live in the dream, going to the races. I'd love to see you back on a bike someday, maybe come do Moto Masters vet, a, a vet race or something. Yeah, man, I, I'm looking forward to trying to get, get back on a gate at some point, you know, again. My son's uh been pressuring me but uh i gotta <laughs> got get myself one thing is i'm on that on that equipment so much my heart rate uh isn't getting the workout it needs so i gotta get myself in a little better shape yeah well mine but, uh, mine doesn't get where it needs to be either so i understand that's for sure yeah so uh, hopefully at some point we'll be back racing a little bit again and cool. uh come here i'd like to come here to loretta's i came here when i was 25 and did okay but i didn't train too much i got fourth that year but oh, wow. it was i could have done a lot better i think so we'll, we'll see you know uh it's, it's tough to make it happen nowadays i understand i understand well hopefully we'll make it happen vernon thanks for coming on good luck to your son at loretta's and we'll be following you guys on social media see how it all goes awesome thank you man uh i really appreciate you guys having me and uh any customers out there please uh give us a shout and message me and i'll get with you sounds good vernon thank you buddy Thanks, bud. All right, we'll see you. Again, that is Vernon McKitty. V for Vernon, Mac, M-A-C, Tracks. V Mac Tracks uh, on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, or you can hit us up. Uh, I can link some stuff on our social media. Uh, that's going to do it for episode 132. Uh, once again, and this has been a hot topic with some things I've been doing lately with uh, sound quality and whatnot on some of these shows. Uh, you know, cell phones are what they are. Um, Carson had a, a weak signal where he was. Vernon's near Loretta's. There's almost no signal, but the guys decided to come on. Uh, you know, we we doing the best we can with it. So please just bear with us. Uh, we do have some new equipment coming that it won't ha- having it won't have any effect on cell phone signal. There's just nothing I can do about that. But uh, doing the best we can, enjoying doing the show. Appreciate all our listeners. Please continue to support the Moto X Pod show. Uh, you know, and if you guys do are fans of this show and halfway like what I'm doing and TJ's doing, let Mathis know that you like the wrap up show. Just let's keep that thing going because I enjoy doing it. Need some positives, man. They, uh, they've been pretty brutal on pulp lately. So yeah, I want to keep it going. I want to make that thing better and keep bringing content to you guys. And we'll, uh, be right back with the last interview of the night with Tyler Internet. Right, back after a long break from being on the show, 
brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. And in 2020, once again, they have broke the mold for our awesomeness. The new Fly gear is out. Hit up flyracing.com for that. But on the line with me, Mr. Tyler Entenap. What's up, Ty? What's up, Dark Side? How are you doing, bro? Doing good, man. Glad to hear from you. It's been a little while since we're we're sort of in your off season, and you've uh, you've been injured. How you been doing, man? Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been I've been doing really good health wise. I've been doing all right. Mental wise, I've been doing good. And you know, life just keeps on going on. You know, figuring out a few things. Me and Addy just went up to Wash Washington's for PIR and Washougal, and that was a good trip. And just uh, plugging away. Yeah, let's talk about that for just a minute. Um, Addy, you know, Addy's been off the bike his off season also, but he decided to go out. Um, you know, how how does he feel like he did? Um, I'm sure he would have liked it a little better, but he hasn't been racing. So, h- how was his weekend? Yeah. Um, Addy's week, you know, we we were planning to be a lot better, honestly. Okay. We've been putting a lot of work in with MX Clinic and. You know, we've tried a few things to change up on his programming. We feel like it's been working, but um, he just he got arm pump at PIR and Washougal. Um, I got to say, I think he performed a little bit better at Washougal just because um, he opened up right around, like, 25 minutes and had a really good push on the last five minutes to, like, the last couple laps. So I was pretty impressed with that. Um, you know, 25th and 26th is definitely not – what we were hoping for we were hoping to get in you know 20s at least yeah so uh, but it's kind of hard when you go to washugal <laughs> and you're hopping in with those guys already done you know eight or nine rounds through the season and they're just like cooking them off you know but uh it was a good trip yeah i mean as long as you could take something positive away from it you know as long as addy could take something positive away from it uh, I, I guess it's probably a, a good weekend you know I, I mean no injuries uh kind of know where he's at hopefully he made a little bit of money at pir i'm sure he didn't make nothing at washougal because nationals don't pay well, shit yeah i mean i mean honestly i think on the whole entire weekend we probably came out under you know addy had to spend around like 340 300 to 400 bucks like you know all together with his license and entry fee and stuff so yeah he kind of we didn't even break even but you know that's just <laughs> how it goes sometimes yeah well, well how how was it for you being up there because you know of the two brothers you're you're probably considered the better national the outdoor rider i would think um yeah you know so you're up there probably like dude do it like this you know what, what's wrong with you addy i mean how, how are you know, feeling right uh i mean honestly like being back at the races, I love racing to the yep. core, especially outdoors and stuff like that. I wanted to be out there so bad. I was, I was missing it so much. I was like, dude, you just need to hold it wide open. Come <laughs> on, what are you doing? I don't oh, think that uh, works at Washougal. Well, I don't know. <laughs> e, e, you know, Adam and uh, Dylan Ferrandis and Eli might argue that, but for for the average human being, I don't think that works there. Oh my god, dude! Did you see Tomac? He was. He was wide open. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That guy was unbelievable out there. Just the charge he had in both photos. I was like, this guy's an animal. Yeah, I mean, to go so, down and be, I don't know how far back he was with a few laps to go and still catch Kenny, yeah, un, 
unreal. The front runners that they showed on TV in both classes were unreal. That Dylan Ferrandez, Adam yeah. Cincerillo battle, like I had arm pump just watching. I was holding my breath. <laughs> like yeah, no, exactly. And that's I mean, but you know what I love about these last few races is that everybody's in the groove. You know, yeah. everybody knows what they're doing. Their program's all ironed out. You know, your suspension is pretty much dialed. I mean, if you haven't got it figured out now, you're kind of in major trouble. So, you know, you're happy with your setup. You're starting to just put your extra time in, and you're kind of winding down, and this is where you're kind of feeling loose, and you get to hang it out a little extra. So yeah. there were some really great battles all in both classes, like you said. Yeah, there, there really was. It was fantastic to watch. You know, sometimes going into Washougal, I get a little bit like, eh, not super excited because I know the track can be a little slick and maybe – it's a little more yeah. technical, so I don't, I don't, in my mind, think there's going to be great battles, and you know the track can be tight, but there really was. Yeah. This was a fantastic uh, year for Washougal. The whole season, Supercross, Nationals, everything this year, I think, is one of the best of all time. Yeah. No, and two, I mean, I feel like you kind of, you kind of shot down Washougal right there. I like Washougal because I feel like every year it's really close racing because the track's super tight. You know? Yeah, yeah, like that's true. Like, Canes and where, like, Tomac and Roxton and, dude, they're getting so close and where um, Tomac bumped Musquin out of the inside right there in that little switchback. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get that at Unadilla because Tomac's just going to be around the outside 40 feet away on some whole nother outside burn that's holding it wide open. It's a good point. It's a good point, Ty. Um, <laughs> how, how about my boy John Short in the last couple rounds? Dude, yeah, John Shore. I I talked to him a little bit, and I love that dude. I mean, I I hope he gets something in the next couple of years because he's been putting the work in, and he's been absolutely ripping. And two, I'm stoked on how the starts can turn out. I mean, uh, yeah. he is not a starter, no, whatsoever. No, so I'm pretty psyched that he actually pulled out two really good hole shots for John. I mean, they weren't hole shots, but they were hole shots for John Shore, for him. For sure. Yes. I, yeah. I have been on him for two years about his starts. Like, if you could just get starts, because, I mean, people don't realize that two years ago, uh, or last in 18, he finished ninth overall in East Coast, um, 250 Supercross. And, yeah. yeah, with some starts, there were some races where he was coming from, like, dead last to in the, you know, the uh, LCQ or whatever to get in and just barely getting in. Because, yeah, his starts suck. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I remember, I mean, I don't want to put John Short on blast. He's been riding, but I've seen John Short not make a main event because he didn't get a start. Yep. Like, he was plenty fast enough. Well, the kid's got talent for days. Yeah, that's almost always why he doesn't make it. And he knows that. And he's sick of hearing it. But whether it be Greg Albertson helping him out the last couple of weeks or whatever the the equation is, it's been working. And, and I was at Millville, and I was standing about halfway down the start line for both those motos, and I could not believe, like – I, the first 250 moto, had he not shut off on that inside, he may have been able to have the hold shot because he I shut know. off probably 100 feet before everybody else did to make that Man, inside. You, you know what I love about John Short, too, is that kid runs STK exhaust, stock exhaust, yeah. and outdoor. He's like, ah, nah, I'm good. I don't need no pipe. I'm going to just be STKA. Okay. Oh, yeah, I think Addy. I think Addy commented on his post like uh, just a little while ago. You need some exhaust. If I just saw it like yeah. within the last couple hours, 
That's funny. Well, let's talk about you, man. Um, you know, what's your recovery time for, for actually getting back on a bike? How far away are we? Uh, I mean, so there was a little monkey wrench that got thrown in the mix. Uh-oh. So if you if you if you kind of watch my vlogs and you kind of know what's going on, because I have all my stuff going on down there. But uh, so back in mid Supercross, I crashed in Atlanta. Yep. And I hurt my wrist, and it kind of got misdiagnosed or just kind of overlooked, and it was kind of my fault because I never, you know, did um, a follow up appointment. So, um, I broke my navicular back in Atlanta okay. and I rode four weeks with it and then I got landed on Nashville. So I had no idea it was broken, but it was hurting. So when I broke my sacrum and my back in Nashville, I was like, Oh, you know, my wrist will heal up for sure. Like I'm not going to need to get checked out. And it was feeling really good. And then I started mountain biking because I got cleared for my back and my um, pelvis. And it got flared up on me. And about a month ago, I got a CT scan on my wrist because I was like, this thing is hurting way too much. I ended up figuring out my navicular was broken. It was healing. Um, So there was some bone crossing, the fracture, so it was healing. But that was a month ago. And then I just had a CT scan again about five days ago. And the fracture's regressing, so it's getting a little bit bigger. Oh. So tomorrow, actually, at 11 a.m., I'm going through the knife and getting a screw in my navicular so it's stabilized and trying to figure out the healing process from there, unfortunately. Well, so. that that sounds like bad news. You know, it, I mean, it is bad news because you'd, you'd rather it be healed up, but at least you figured yeah. it out. Like, not it, it's not the week before Anaheim or something. Yeah, no, for sure. And then that's what it's saying is I wanted to get it all figured out. I mean, it's kind of my fault that I didn't get it checked up mm-hmm. or did a follow-up appointment right after Atlanta. So technically, I shouldn't have been at Nashville. <laughs> I should have been healing up already. So that's kind of a bummer deal. And I should have been already on my bike um, for sure. Right. But uh, everything, other than that, everything's going good. Like, I actually just got done working at the gym. I did the tears. I was doing push-ups. So it's not bothering me. It's not hindering anything that I'm doing, it's not even hurting actually, it's just the bone is not healing all the way so they're going to put a screw in it and I have physical therapy on Friday and I honestly have no idea when I'm supposed to be back on the bike or when I can be back on the bike. Well, you know, a lot of shit with technology today and the way surgery is, I mean hopefully within, you know what, four weeks, five weeks something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but we're talking about the navicular bone. What only has true. like one little blood vein to the bone. So yeah. I've heard, I've heard mixed stories. So I've talked to Dustin Pikes about it and he's done it before. And he was back riding in like eight weeks. And oh, wow. There was another guy that was back in like six weeks. So, I mean, I'm just going to play it by year, see what the doctor says and see what I can do. But I am challenging to be back on the bike. Yeah, we got to get you healed up, man, because uh, we still still got to make that first main, and it's you know it's, I know I- I'm tired of like freaking out when you're close and like come on you know we we got to get this done in 2020. Bro, you're telling me, bro. <laughs> you're telling me. Well, I'm having I'm having nightmares about when I was six feet away from the finish line in New York about making the first main, and then yeah, um just a whole bunch of times where I was super close and in the position. So that yeah, was, no, I got 
was yeah, that was, was that uh was that you and Devin Raper was that right yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he mentioned that I think at WW Ranch I was interviewing him, and I can't remember how it came up, but I said something about, "Oh yeah, that was when Tyler almost got the first main." He goes, "You mean when I almost got in the main?" Like just kind of joking, playing, and it was it was funny. I was like, "No, nah, yeah. no, nah, my boy Ty was that was my that was my boy's <laughs> Ty's night." So yeah, it it's gonna come back is. though. Well, man, what else is going on? Anything? Uh, you I guess you've been fishing. I would have to assume. Yeah. So I actually, I mean, this last month has been pretty crazy um i went i knew carlin dunn i went to his funeral about three weeks ago that was a bummer deal oh wow yeah and i did yeah i did all that for him and then i went to montana with my friend taylor for a week and then right when i got back from montana i had a few days with addy got everything ready with him rebuilt his bike with uh, ryan Heath and hep and then we went up to washington and now i'm back home and having surgery tomorrow so the last month has been really busy, and then I've been doing motocross schools yep. and just kind of figuring out life a little bit because i got to continue making money and see if I want to do Supercross next year and figure it out and just trying to get healed up and get back on the bike, honestly. I want to ride. I, I can imagine, man. Well, um, I, I wish, all, as always, nothing but the best for you, and I know good things are still coming. Um, it sounds like it's been a stressful you know, last few months uh, that that crash at Nashville was was scary, but I'm glad yeah. I'm glad you're doing well and things are coming around. And uh, I, I truly believe you'll be back and get that first main and your second main and your third main in 2020. So I'm I'm excited. Hey, I really appreciate it, Dark Star. Of course, man. I appreciate you jumping on here for us tonight. Uh, it's great talking to you, and we'll we'll talk to you again once the healing process kind of kicks in a little bit and you're close to riding. Let's let's get you back on. Yeah, no, for sure. And then, too, with any of you guys' listeners, uh, if you guys want to follow my story and follow my um, road back to recovery, check out my YouTube channel. I've been posting. Um, I actually posted four videos of uh, me and Addy's trip. They're pretty funny. And then I'll be posting a little bit more videos and see if I can get surgery footage and stuff like that. So it's going to be Sweet gonna be pretty interesting in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I got to get caught up on your vlog. I haven't watched anybody's vlog in weeks. I just... I've been like I went to Millville for a week and had no service and then it's just trying to catch up. It's been busy, so I get it. But I'm gonna jump on there here tonight and catch up and see what's been going on in Tyler Intonap's life. Yeah, no, check it out. Me and Addy, me and Addy were killing the blog. It's pretty funny. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Ty, thank you, man. You have a, a great night and good luck with your surgery tomorrow, bud. Hey, thank you, Dark Ty. All right, have see you. All right, you too. Later. All right. Thanks to Tyler Antonap for coming on tonight. Uh, yeah, go check out his vlog. You guys know all about the, the Seven Deuce Trace. Uh, a lot of fun to follow and really cool vlog. A lot of fun fun stuff that he does. He's funny. I keep saying fun. Repetitive, but you get it. And that's a wrap on another edition of the Moto X Pod Show. We'll talk to you guys again next week. See y'all.